Hi, Peter Borker here and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guide. And joining me today in the studio is Owen McGab Enawu. Did I get it right? I gave you the sign, yes. Enawu, uh, close, good. Oh, do you know what? There's nothing, there's nothing worse than getting somebody's surname wrong. Totally understand that. I, I get that, yes. Yes, yeah, so I, I just wanted to make sure I got it as close as possible. <laughs> so, now that's great. Now, Owen, thank you for coming today. And, and you are the CEO and co-founder of Sweet Process. So yes. at the end of the day, systems and processes, the whole SOP is your bag of tricks. Yes. And one thing I want to talk about today is we've got used to, I mean, I've spoken about this a lot of my episodes, about remote working, hybrid working, and a good two years in, so many companies are now remote working, and that's a fact. And there's an absolute thought, and I've seen it recently in the press, people are coming out with the fact that basically working remotely is not as productive, it's not good for mental health, people need to be back in the office, and really another a number of other bullshit excuses <laughs> and it is just that it's just bullshit excuses of actually command and control leadership of course and not moving with the times mm -hmm. and i honestly believe in my heart that it isn't the fact that remote working and work, we're working actually in an office is more productive it's more the fact that companies haven't yet got round to significantly updating their operating procedures for the new world. What do you think? I totally agree. Because uh, before now, the, you know, companies could count on the fact that maybe in the, in the water coolers or just by next sitting next to your colleague, you know, if you need help with something, you could just, you know, tap your, your colleague on the shoulder. Hey, you know, how do we do this? We used to do this like uh, every three months. I, I don't remember. And they can you know, give that back to you. But now working from home, you have situations where a lot of the employees, they have kids and so many things happen at the same time, you know, and, and also they have to work. So you, you can't count on them being interrupted by things going on at home to answer your question like you could back in the day. So that's why the importance to have, uh, you know, standard operating procedures for sure. I call them procedures in place so that everybody have one single point of, you know, uh, a single source of tr uh, truth online where they could go and find the instructions on how uh, work is done. It's, it's even more critical now than it was before. It was important back then, but now it's even way more important. But you just said something that's interesting, Owen, and it's the fact that people used to be able to interrupt people and ask them questions. Now, when somebody interrupts me, actually, let me rephrase that. When some people used to interrupt me yeah. a very long time ago, my productivity went through the floor because mm -hmm. I couldn't just pick up where I was before. So to yep. be honest with you, working in an environment of interruption may feel like, okay, it's great to help other people, but I tell you something, it screws up what I'm doing and it messes with my output. And what I often found was I wasn't able to sufficiently get through my workload. So guess what I did? I stayed late at the office to compensate yeah. for all those interruptions. Yeah, 
And you have the context switching where, you know, you're interrupted, you're, you're the way you were probably pr productive, someone interrupts you. Now you have to also spend the time to remember what, to, you know, how to do what they're asking you for. You give them all that stuff. Now you get, when you want to come back to doing your work, there's this whole thing your brain has to now get ready to do the work again. And so that whole productive cycle is lost. So that con constant interruption, I I'm, I'm getting sure that the listener understands now the, the need to document stuff coupled with the fact that, you know, uh, working remotely makes it even more heightened. Um, so I'm wondering, did they, did they, I want to show the listener how to even get it done because they might think that, oh, they have to document a uh, encyclopedia with all these instructions in there, but I want to give them kind of like a cheat code on how, you know, to get this thing done fast and even to get their employees to collaborate with them. So the very first thing, uh, before you document anything, uh, we don't want you to just go into that. The first thing we want to ask yourself is, is this a task that is necessary to be done because we have this whole tribal knowledge of how we've always done things here the same, but this is an opportunity for you to get rid of things that you don't need to do. So if you don't need to do it, get rid of it, eliminate it. The next thing is you ask yourself, is this task a task that happens on a recurring basis? Because if it doesn't happen uh, on a recurring basis, then there's no need to document it. So put that to the side. So we're left with tasks that is required and it's happened on a recurring basis. Next thing you have to do is categorize the task. Is this an income generating task versus something that is not income generating, but it's also required? The reason I'm saying this is because obviously if you document procedures for how those income generating tasks are done, now you can go ahead and get more people to come in and you know take over from you or whatever and work on those income generating tasks, which means more customers, more revenue, right? But if you have the production side of things where you know, you have customers coming, but the things you have to do to deliver to the customers to meet their needs, which is the production side of things. If that side has chaos and you've, you are now bringing more business, it just means you're going to have more people pissed because you have more customers who are going to be angry with you, more customers who are going to leave bad reviews. That's why I said, okay, don't worry about the income generating side documenting those just yet because I want you to fix on the production side, the bottlenecks first. So this is why I want you to focus on first. So You've categorized the tasks, you have the income generating tasks, you have the, you know, the production tasks that are not so much income generating per se in terms of bringing customers. Now find out what's the biggest bottleneck in this category, the task that takes the, the most of your time or takes most of your, 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 your manager's time. Now the next thing you want to do is take the single biggest bottleneck and start documenting the task. People will say, okay, how do I do that? Do I do, do, a, do uh, an encyclopedia with all details? I say, install in your mind the mindset that it's okay to have that continuous improvement. When you install in your mind that it's a continuous improvement thing, then you give yourself the permission to start from version 1.0 where it's like nothing really in it, right? Same thing, installing your employees that same mindset of continuous improvement. Installing your managers that same mindset. Everybody has to buy into that mindset. So now when everybody's bought into that mindset, the first thing we now do is you can use a tool like Sweet Process or use a tool like, you know, whatever documenting tool you're using out there, but the concept applies. You write out the title of the, uh, of the task, title of the procedure, and it needs to be a title that anybody sees the title, they know exactly what you know, they will be able to accomplish just by reading the procedure. The next thing you do is you write out the steps, uh, the title of each step. So if you have a, a, a task that is five steps, now you end up with five uh, uh, steps in there with the titles of each of them. And when is the best time to actually document what I call this minimum viable procedure? Because it's a minimum viable procedure because it doesn't have details filled in just yet. The best time to do it is when you are actually doing the task. 
So as you're doing the task, you write the title of the, 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 the step, you do the title of the procedure, and then the title of each step as you do it. Now, what's the next thing to do? To have that minimum viable procedure have some details in it. To, do, to, to get details in it, you get your manager. In this case now, obviously, they're working remotely. You probably meet them on, on Zoom and say, hey, you've been trained on this task before verbally, and you've probably trained other people on this task verbally. I've just documented this minimum viable procedure. Let's walk through this thing online and you know, start filling out some details. Obviously, you've already given them permission that it doesn't have to be perfect, right? So now they now go ahead and start entering some details in there. And by details, I mean you know, uh, some text describing what each step is, maybe even screenshots that show you know, uh, pictures of what's uh, uh, for each step, what needs to happen. Or maybe they can even record a video. Whatever it takes, I mean, but caveat, if they record a video, the video needs to be like three minutes or less for each step. We don't want a whole movie for <laughs> a whole movie for the step, right? So now they go in there and start entering some details. So how do you, you've gone from the outline to some details filled in by collaborating with your employees. Okay, so remember, we've said it's continuous improvement. How do we go from this to even improving it way more than this? Well, now, anytime a task is assigned to your employee, your manager or yourself has to make sure that that procedure that you've, got, you've collaborated together to document is right there in front of them so that they can follow the instructions and start getting it done. But why are we insisting that when they're working on a task that that procedure should be right next to them or they should have it open? It's because... When you're working on a task, this is where the new insights happen that uh, you might discover that, okay, we have a five-step uh, uh, procedure, but while I'm working on this task, I realize we don't even need step number four. You know, So it's the opportunities. It's while you're working on the task itself, the insights gets to you that you are able to now pass the employee in this case, is able to now pass the info, uh, insight back to the uh, manager or the, the boss saying, hey, we don't need this step. Or maybe they might find a new and better way to do things. And now they can pass that insight back to the boss and they can go ahead and improve uh, the document. And that's why I would say it's happening right now. If you look at the last two years, I mean, two, two years ago, Zoom was rubbish. Yeah. But now you look at to Zoom today, it's not just a video conferencing tool, it's a collaboration tool. You start looking at all that innovations happening in the last two years. A lot of that innovation has taken out many of the manual steps, many of the legacy steps we've had in place for decades in some cases. Yeah, and so now with this whole thing, you, you, you've gone from uh, the, the outline to getting some details in there. And as your employer is doing the work, they're providing more feedback to you and you are improving the documents. And maybe it might get to a point where, you know, you might even get rid of a lot of the steps because now you can even automate some of the things uh, because you don't need human beings to do it. And let's be real. The reason why you're documenting procedures in the, play, in the first place is for those tasks that at the time when you're documenting it, that human beings have to actually have to do it. And so those documents are meant to make sure that employees don't make mistakes. And some people might say, okay, no, okay, I, I buy into this, I get a concept, I can start doing this, but doesn't this make me robotic or make me make me feel like uh, uh, we don't have a voice? The reality is that I think it's the other way around because imagine as an employee, you come to a job where your the, the work that you need to be done, uh, that you need to do is the instructions are right there in front of you, but they also empower you to be able to get in the nitty gritty to, to update stuff. To, to fix and change stuff around the work you do. I mean, how else is your voice being he heard other than that? 
the fact that you can go into this underlying procedures that you used to work on a daily basis and have your feedback be heard so that you can help to improve the documents. So that's, I feel from a cultural standpoint, that's the kind of culture I think most employees want to be in where um, their voice is being heard. Not only that, I also think that having these documents in place helps the employees to be more creative because imagine if you're doing a task maybe once every three months, you didn't have a procedure for it. Now, you, we said this earlier, you have to spend time to think of how the task is done. So you are doing something, you want to do uh, something, another task that you do every three months, for instance, now you have to spend some brain cycles trying to remember how you did it. Now you've been interrupted, the productivity is down and now time wasted. But on the other hand, while you're about to do the work, the instructions on how to do is right there. You don't have to spend a second to think of how it's done. You can just start getting it done. But how does the creativity thing come in? Is that as you're doing the work, again, you're going to find ways to improve this stuff. And that takes you to a new mode from not how the work is done, but into a, you're wearing a creative hat. It's okay. I know there are five steps here. Maybe I can find a better way to do this stuff. And so it makes you more creative and you can uh, pass that input back to your, your team and uh, fix the underlying uh, document. Okay, brilliant. Now, a lot of people are thinking, oh, this is going to be overwhelming. Where do I start? And I know you said you start with doing the task in hand, but is there a framework that you use to help guide people into taking these steps and start making the documentation and bringing it to life? So again, like I said, it's, you always start by focusing on you know the biggest bottleneck because when you finish the finish, biggest bottleneck right of your of your time and you start documenting that, now you can have people take over that task and they you know for to a large extent they can they can handle it because the instructions are there. Then you move to the next bottleneck after that from the production start, uh, standpoint and you keep working from one bottleneck to the other to the other. Eventually, you get to the point where you've documented the bulk of, you know, these uh, non-income generating tasks that are big bot bottlenecks, right? And then you can start focusing on, you know, these income generating tasks that we all like, like the sales and marketing and stuff, and focusing on documenting how those are done too, so that you can get more people to come in and start uh, working on those. And now what will happen is you can now apply more people to work on those income generating tasks, knowing that when you get more customers, when you get more people interested in your business, the production side is not going to fail because you right. took the time to document how that is done and people are doing those things predictably. And again, remember, because we installed the mindset of continuous improvement, both sides are being continuously improved. The production side is being continuously improved by you, yourself, and your employees. The sales uh, activity and, and income generating task is continuing being improved by you, yourself, and your, and your uh, manager. So that's the framework. So if people are interested and actually they want to look at a bit more about what, how you do it and get in touch with you, where do they need to go? So the listeners might not know this already, but we do, we build a software that makes all this, all this, this, the tactics and the strategy I just shared makes it all come together. We have a software called Sweet Process or Sweet Like Candy. And basically it allows you to collaborate with your employees on the documentation side. And then when it comes to the task management side of things, where I said a lot of the insight is gained, you can use our app as well to manage your tasks, right? So if they're interested in that, they can always feel free to you know, check out the website. We have a free 14-day trial. But I want to leave the audience, if you will permit me, with a gift, not even about our trial uh, of our software. So people might say they might not know where to start, right? So I've showed you how to work 
uh, to identify the tasks. I've shown you how to work with your employees to do it. But if for some reason you don't have time or your employees don't have time uh, to do stuff, there are actually people who are called uh, process consultants where that's their role. They, they, they are hired on to come to a company to help you brainstorm through your tasks and sometimes help you, uh, in most cases, they will even help you document how work is done. So that's their role. So obviously they're going to be more expensive than if you and your employees did it together, but that's in case you don't have time, you always have that option. But another thing I want to leave with you guys as a gift is we do have a 52 uh, uh, standard operating procedure templates. So 52 procedure templates that you can download and it kind of gives you a, a, a springboard, a starting point. And to get that, you go to sweetprocess.com forward slash bulkar. And that's a sweet like candy process like process. So sweetprocess.com forward slash bulkar. That's B-O-O-L-K-A-H. I got it right. And I pronounced yeah. the name, last name correctly, right? You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> good, good, good. Yes. But it's, look, it's important. It's an important subject. And what you probably find is when people got people in the office, especially business owners, they've never taken the time out to document it in the first place. And that's been half the challenge. Now we really do need to start taking the time out to really document. It gives the business clarity. It gives employees clarity. It means that you're no longer managing on emotion. You've got facts you've now got a framework for people to follow. And for me, checklists are absolutely crucial. My background was McDonald's. That was built on standard operating procedures. You get on a plane, a pilot uses standard operating procedures every single time without fail. And one of my favorite books on all of this is The Checklist Manifesto. I love that book too. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome book, but that gives you context to the importance of having these checklists, having these procedures, and actually allowing a business to operate far more efficiently and ultimately deliver a better customer service, add more value, and make more money. And surely that's what we're in, we're all about. We're about making more money, especially when you're in a marketplace that we are right now, where costs are going through the roof. Of course. And one point that I'd even, I somehow I missed to, to say is that, if you have this culture where, you know, you have one single place where people can go find the standard operating procedure, one single source of truth, what happens is when people have questions, eventually they'll be trained to understand that, okay, before I go ask my manager or my boss, if I go interrupt them, go check the, 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 the wherever you have your uh, documents are first to see that, you know, you have this instruction because you don't want to go and waste your time of uh, in interrupting somebody Whereas you can, first of all, check that place. And over time, that becomes a thing where the, the norm is, okay, before I have a question about how something is done, let me go check wherever we store it first. And if it's not there, that becomes an opportunity for your managers to say, okay, they checked that place. It wasn't there. It means we don't, we don't have it documented. And it's something we do on a recurring basis. It's something that we is required. Okay, this is our new next project for us to document. So it becomes a way for you to identify the next thing to document. So that's why I had to mention that because I, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, mention it earlier. And that's a really good, that's a really good point. Now, if anything we've spoken about today resonates, you're looking to scale your business, you want to talk about documentation, you want to see how your bottlenecks are affecting your growth, head over to Volker.com, get in touch. If you've loved today's episode, I'd really appreciate it if you liked it. Subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And most importantly, share it with others so they also can benefit from the message. 
And always remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. So please stay safe. Owen, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you. Thank you for having me.